0: in here our number 87738138118773813811. Can you imagine a Biden presidency when the Wuhan virus hit this country? We had a need for tests and vaccines and masks hospital beds ventilators respirators remember all that you think Biden and his regime could have managed any of that ladies and gentlemen well let me be the first to remind you that was extremely complicated business very very complicated was something modern America had never seen before older America yes The Spanish flu and so forth, but this was different in terms of modern America. We had an entrenched bureaucracy that lied to us. President Trump had effectively beat them over the head. But vaccines and tests and masks at record pace, hospital beds, ventilators, respirators, more than we ever needed. Under Donald Trump and his presidency we've never seen anything like it. It was essentially a Manhattan project to defeat what China had unleashed. There were casualties, as there were casualties all over the world. But Donald Trump had to fight this battle in spite of the bureaucracy at the CDC, at the FDA, the NIH, Fauci and other egomaniacs going their own way cowboys if you will why am i bringing this up because we now have a man in the oval office who lit a fuse to blow up our economic system because he wanted to create a legacy for himself he wanted to be the next franklin roosevelt And so he was willing to destroy established traditions and processes and systems and lurch hard left. He was desperate for this legacy. A man in failing mental health who never had a high IQ or cognitive bone in his head to begin with. And so today he gives a speech, called a press conference. Basically, it's a speech. And he tells us Putin did this. He's already got a plan to fight this. The oil companies aren't paying enough taxes. The rich aren't paying enough taxes. He's got investigations ongoing. You just wait and see. Then he blames what he calls ultra-maga, because he thinks you're stupid. And that's going to create some kind of an emotional reflex. Ultra-maga from ultra-stupid over here. Joe Biden. Ultra-moron. An ultra-idiot. Ultra-incoherent. Ultra-babbling buffoon. So here's Biden at the White House today. Cut one, go.
2: And while I'll never interfere with the Fed's judgment's and decisions or tell them what they have to do, they're independent. They're independent. I believe that inflation is our top economic challenge right now.
0: Gee, think- you figured that out? It only took you six months, bonehead. Ultra bonehead. Only took you six months to figure that out. Remember all the crap about it's transitory, it's temporary. It's a minor blip. What's the problem? Now it's his number one domestic priority. That, of course, and critical race theory, destroying women's sports and transgenderism and turning our country into some kind of a weird hippie commune of some kind. I don't know what the hell they're doing. Go ahead.
2: I too. we built a strong economy with a strong job market.
0: Now you haven't built a damn thing you fool i mean ultra fool you didn't build a thing how did he build a strong economy he brought a built an immense overarching brutal government
2: go ahead i agree with what chairman powell said last week that the number one threat is the strength and that strength that we build is inflation
0: oh the strength that we build is inflation what strength is he talking about this guy has gone full psycho he's delusional self-delusional so in addition to being I mean clearly in the early if not mid-stages of dementia and I say that actually without trying to be funny in any respect Because it's a horrible, horrible disease. He is utterly delusional, but he's always been delusional. He's always been a liar from law school when he cheated forward. Go ahead.
2: The Fed should do its job, and it will do its job, I'm convinced, with that in mind.
0: Oh, wow. So what was the point of that comment? There was no point of that comment. I hate to punish you this way. But many of you actually work for a living and pay taxes. And so you missed a lot of this.
2: Cut to go. I uh, I want every American to know that I'm taking inflation uh, very seriously. And it's my top domestic priority.
0: Yes, because when Dr. Jill was over in Ukraine, um, Joe was playing golf with Buddy James, his brother. I believe in Wilmington, Delaware, or thereabouts. So he's taking inflation very, very seriously.
2: Go ahead. And I'm here today to talk about solutions. And there's going to be more we're going to have to talk about as well. But first, I want us to be crystal clear about the problem. There are two leading causes of inflation we're seeing today. Now,
0: ladies and gentlemen, the first cause of inflation is spending like drunken Marxists. When you effectively print more paper you devalue the dollar you devalue its worth so you need more paper a bigger income a bigger pension more money to buy what you bought the day before that's what causes inflation government causes inflation Government spending causes inflation. Government borrowing causes inflation. Government policy causes inflation. I'm not Nostradamus, but over a year ago, I told you when they were passing these bills that they were destructive of our economic system. They would cause hyperinflation. And then along come 19 repubes, led by Mitch McConnell, Who thrown with another trillion or so with so-called infrastructure, which most has not been used for infrastructure and much has gone into a dark hole. So 19 repubes in the Senate are also responsible, including Mitch McConnell. But before that, you recall, they spent trillions of dollars on COVID, but the problem is it didn't go to COVID. So the vast majority didn't go to COVID. It went to state governments, particularly blue governments. And the vast majority of the so called infrastructure money, 91% of it, didn't go to infrastructure. But money was raining down on these special interests, on these governments, left and right and left and right. It didn't matter. And Joe Biden and his flack, Pisaki, are out there saying that Rick Scott wants to rate taxes on the middle class. Rick Scott will be in this program in hour three. No, he doesn't. And he didn't say he does. But that's what they're saying. Even though they've raved taxes on your fuel at the pump, on the food that you provide your family, on the automobile that you need to drive, on every damn thing in this economy. The prices are way up. That's the Biden tax. Not the Putin inflation. Not big oil. That's the Biden tax. I just wish the Republicans had enough competence, enough intelligence, To learn to use the English language. Because they mumble about as much as Biden does. You ever hear this uh, McConnell's? Of course he and Biden used to get along in the Senate. They both spoke perfect gibberish.
2: Go ahead. The first cause of inflation is a -a once-in-a-century pandemic. Not only did it shut down... The pandemic
0: didn't cause inflation. We didn't have inflation under Trump. The pandemic did not cause inflation. Go ahead.
2: It threw the supply chain and demand completely out of whack.
0: Especially we didn't con- have a supply chain problem in the teeth of the virus under Trump. We've talked about many of the problems, particularly in the West Coast, with union rules, with environmental rules, with the kook who's the governor. Go ahead.
2: More effective recovery responses uh, uh, weren't available. But what you'll notice
0: here is everybody else is to blame. So the question is, why do we need this man as president if everyone else is to blame? Go ahead. Especially
2: in those sectors that rely on semiconductors. These supply challenges have been further uh, hampered uh, by uh, the onset of Delta and Omicron viruses. And you've all seen it. You've all felt it.
0: No, no, no. It's the Chinese are not making the semiconductors that we need. You remember the Chinese government, that regime, don't you, Joey? Lunch bucket. Joey had his lunch bucket stuff with Hunter's cash from the communist Chinese military and the communist Chinese government. Doesn't everybody remember that? The New York Times and The Washington Post, they were on that laptop, boy, right from the... Oh, they weren't?
2: Go ahead. We have a second cause.
0: Yeah, what's that cause?
2: Mr. Putin's war in Ukraine.
0: So I see it's the virus and Putin. Now, ladies and gentlemen, are we going to put up with this buffoon in the November election? This man has taken a wrecking ball to our economic system, which is having a direct effect on each and every one of you, all of you. I spoke to a friend of mine who's a builder. He said he can't even coordinate his building anymore. He, they're not sure when they're getting lumber, at what price. They're not sure if they're getting roofing materials, at what price. And he goes on and on and on. And the workforce is, is very fickle. People will take jobs and then use it to get other jobs on another worksite. He said he's never seen anything like this in his decades of being a builder. And one of the things you need in a, in a strong economy is rationality, predictability. You make contracts based on predictability, your costs, access to materials and labor and so forth. That's non-existent today. Whether you're a builder, whether you own a restaurant, whether you own a rental agency, for cars or furniture or anything else, it's a disaster.
2: Go ahead. So we saw in March that 60% of inflation that month was due to price increases at the pump.
0: So when you, when you launch a war on fossil fuels, when you launch a war on the entities that develop drill sites and bring the oil to market, when you launch... A war on those entities, and you tell them that you're going to eliminate their businesses. You've crippled the industry. And then they talk about all the profits they're making. Ladies and gentlemen, this very same industry before Biden was president was doing just fine. It was making less profits, it was perfectly happy to do that. Perfectly happy. They're not gouging anybody. They produce oil. They pass it on to the next guy. They refine oil. They pass it on to the next guy. They truck and train oil or pipeline oil. Then they pass it on to the next guy, to the gas station provider. Then they pass it on to us. It's not big oil. There's hundreds and hundreds of of, uh, aspects to this. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. To get your free subscription, go to Levin for com right now. L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. Biden at the White House today. It's Putin's fault. It's the virus's fault. It's the oil company's fault. Cut three, go. Now, what's the Congressional
2: Republican plan with respect to energy?
0: Okay, First you're of the all- President of the United mm-hmm. States. You're blaming Putin, you're blaming the virus, and now you're attacking the Republicans. I've told you repeatedly, ladies and gentlemen, the reason Joe Biden and his comrades and his party cannot address these problems is because they created them. They created them. That's why they can't address them. Go ahead.
2: Their plans to give oil companies a free pass. For example, right now oil companies are sitting on 9,000 unused leases oil they leases. just
0: they continue the big lie there's 9,000 leases then they have to go on those leased areas and make determinations of whether they believe they can be developed and whether there's oil there then they need to get permission from the Department of Interior the Bureau of Land Management To go ahead and drill. That's where the Biden administration is purposely slowing them down, folks. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why in primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. In Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, In Primus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive In Primus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today absolutely no charge i always look forward to receiving my copy of imprimis my friends at hillsdale and i want you to have a free subscription as well to get your free subscription go to levin for right now l-e-v-i-n for hillsdale.com mark levin Tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. All right. I'm not going to go through the entire press speech or whatever you want to call it today. But there is one 30-second clip that I do want you to listen to. Because Joe Biden takes no responsibility for what he has done, none. Cut seven, go. Do you take any responsibility for inflation in this country? Do you
3: take any responsibility for your policies?
2: I think our policies help, not hurt. Think about what they say. The vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economists think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, but it's not because of spending we've brought down the deficit the bottom line is how much does america owe how much in the hole are we
0: going we're reducing that okay number one even the washington compost which is utterly propagandistic and in the back pocket of biden has said that when he's brought down the deficit it's not correct so he keeps repeating these lies that's what he learned For 36 years in the Senate, that's what he learned in law school. It's what he learned on the Wilmington City Council as a young pup out of law school. That's number one. Number two, he thinks his spending has helped with inflation. His spending has actually helped with inflation. There's not an economist, a serious economist, on the planet who believes that none none and i want you to keep something in mind please he wanted to spend another five to six trillion dollars which would have shattered completely our economic system completely changed the balance which is already leaning toward government against the private sector and the private individual would have completely changed the nature of this society It would have created a depression. It's one thing to have a recession. It's another to have a depression. A recession is a disaster. A bad recession with stagflation, a disaster. But a depression destroys a country. But then again, FDR saw it as an opportunity. As I'm sure Joe Biden and his comrades would as well. If they had gotten that through, another five to six trillion dollars on top of everything else, can you imagine what we'd be looking at today? So he can blame Putin, who's a monster, but has nothing to do with this. He can blame quote unquote big oil, beaten the big meat, big baby formula. Of course he won't blame big government or his big mouth. And he can say that their massive spending really helps people. But he's a damn fool, and he's always been a damn fool. And so are the radicals within his party. This is a a terrible situation under a terrible, terrible president. And in his speech, he lied, and he lied, and he lied. And the American people need to know he has no plan. In fact, when it comes to the economy, among other things, he's an extraordinarily dangerous man who can do even greater damage to your home ownership, to your salary, to your pension, to your future. We have never seen gasoline prices this high. Diesel is through the roof. Most 18-wheelers run on diesel. Most farm equipment runs on diesel. And the price of gasoline, I just keep watching it here. I keep watching the local station. In three days time it went up 10 cents a gallon. Now folks, that can't go on forever. And that resonates throughout the economy. And it's not because big oil is ripping us off. It's because big government is ripping us off. It's because the robber barons, they're not in the private sector, they're in the government. They produce nothing except inflation. They produce nothing except regulations and taxation. You're going to raise taxes in the middle of a, a burgeoning recession? I don't care who you raise taxes on, you're out of your mind. You're going to raise taxes on oil companies. Then we'll have even less oil. You're going to raise taxes on the wealthy. Well, depending on who the wealthy are, they may be a lot of these business owners, and the consequences are devastating. You don't raise taxes in the middle of a burgeoning recession. You slash taxes. That's what you do. Now, how do I know this? Well, number one, it's logical, not ideological, logical. Number two, that's exactly what Reagan did. They tightened the money supply under Volcker, really tightened it. And they slashed taxes like never before in American history under Reagan. In August of 1989, the assassination attempt was in March 1989, four or five months later they had the greatest tax cut in american history everybody taxes slashed the top rate went down i think it was 28 or 27 percent we've never seen anything like that he slashed the capital gains tax they eliminated for a period of time the death tax eliminated it same marxist propaganda from the democrats and the left as usual tax cuts for the rich trickle-down economics what do they think big government is but trickle-down government it's not tax cuts for the rich it's tax cuts for the economy so it can get healthy so it has a little breathing room wealthy people can only spend so much but let's pretend they spend everything let's pretend Elon Musk spends every penny he has. Where does it go? It goes into the pockets of other people. It goes into the pockets of other people. Other industries, other businesses, other individuals, other families, other services, other producers. That's what happens. Without the government picking winners and losers. The individual picks winners and losers. That's how you create growth and technological advancement and human progress. Now, how do I know that? Look at the last hundred years. Which societies prosper? Which societies are economically successful? Which countries are actually healthy? So Biden blaming the virus, Biden blaming Putin... Biden blaming big oil, Biden blaming meat producers, Biden blaming farmers, Biden blaming truckers, Biden blaming everyone and anything in sight and taking no responsibility. Because he has no capacity to address any of this. They're not going to slash government regulations for more drilling. They've made that clear. They're not going to slash taxes, so you have more money to pay these higher prices. I didn't say print more money, so you have more money. They're not going to cut spending. They actually believe if they could spend another 5 or $6 trillion, they'll be helping us. That is insanity. That is a depression in waiting. A depression in waiting. We didn't have a supply chain problem under Trump. In the teeth of the virus. So it's not the virus that's caused the supply chain problem. It's Democrat Party policies, the Democrat agenda, their inability to confront the West Coast unions, their inability to confront the no-growth Marxist phony environmentalists. And rather than inability, there's support for these movements. And food it's unbelievable we have 40% less baby formula than is needed 40% in the United States of America let me add one other point I've got dear friends very very close friends who tweet a lot say other things like rather than spending 40 billion dollars on Ukraine shouldn't we be focused on the baby formula issue Am I missing something, Mr. Producer? Rather than worrying about Ukraine, shouldn't we worry about our own border? You know, the funny thing is, we Americans can walk and chew gum at the same time. What does Ukraine have to do a baby formula? If nothing in Ukraine was going on, if Russia had never invaded Ukraine, we'd have a baby formula shortage because of the policies of this administration. One has, as a logical matter, absolutely nothing to do with the other. We had a border problem long before Russia invaded Ukraine. Trump is actually addressing it. Biden's destroying our immigration laws and our protections and our security. What does one have to do with the other? Nothing. It's actually kind of idiotic. I'm not focused on any individuals. I don't even know who's tweeting. People are telling me this stuff. I don't go on Twitter much. I post, but it's not, oh, look at this comment. Or, look at that post. I don't read other people's tweets unless they're sent to me. That's pretty true, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Now and then I'll link to them if I get them. I have a life. I had a life when I resigned from Twitter and Facebook. I have a life now. But I'm making the point. These J.D. Vance types. No no offense. I would vote for J.D. Vance today. I want the Republicans to take the Senate. But they're like economic illiterates. The Democrats are worse. They hate the country. They hate the country. But still, I have to call out, as I see it, Right? What does our border have to do with Ukraine's border? As if all of a sudden Biden would secure the border. What does baby formula have to do with helping the Ukrainians to defeat the Russia war machine? It suggests to me that some people don't want to defeat the Russia war machine. In fact, we should be doing more because Taiwan is the next target. We need to build up the Taiwanese defenses. And Iran... That's a, that's a massive disaster that Biden has created. I'll be right back. Mark in Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why, in Primus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty is so important. In Primus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty for 50 years In Primus has featured speeches given at hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers these day hillsdale publishes people like victor davis hansen molly hemingway and chris rufo over 6.2 million american households and businesses receive In Primus absolutely free and i urge you to sign up for it today Absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to LevinforHillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. In hour three, the top of the hour, we'll have Senator Rick Scott as a guest uh, at our request at after Senator Rick Scott, we're going to have Tyrus on the Fox News channel, who I've never spoken to in my life, but to me is a very compelling individual with a very compelling book, and we'd like to talk to him too, so stick around. Our country's facing a very significant showdown as we move closer to a recession. Just ask yourself a question. In the middle of the virus, why weren't gasoline prices skyrocketing? Why wasn't inflation going through the roof? Why was there no supply chain problem? Because Donald Trump embraced capitalism. Donald Trump was making America as great as he could, which was quite great. When you run for office because you trash the country, You trash the people of the country. You're pushing racism and bigotry. You're destroying womanhood. You're pushing a Marxist degrowth movement that came out of the 1970s in Europe called climate change. When you seek to transfer decision-making from the public to the bureaucrats and the politicians, When you're at war with food, you get less food. When you're at war with water, you get less water. When you're at war with energy, you get less energy. That's the bottom line. Is there not a Republican alive in Congress who knows how to speak and explain this in simple terms to the American people? National average gas prices are the highest in American history. In American history, because we're no longer energy independent. How did that happen? All of a sudden, Biden's elected, and the big oil decides to cut back on oil production. That's not what happened. The radical kook Marxists took over the Environmental Protection Agency, took over the Interior Department and BLM, took over the Energy Department, took over the Oval Office and immediately put in executive orders and policies that were intended to kneecap energy independence. They succeeded. They deserve credit, that is discredit, for what they've accomplished. They've done more to damage the American economy than China, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Cuba, and Venezuela could all do combined. The Democrat Party domestically at war with our Supreme Court, at war with our Constitution, at war with our institutions, at war with our economic system. This is what you get when you put them in charge. They turn the federales on parents at school board meetings. They unleash their government prosecutors against state legislatures with whom they disagree. And in this coming hour, I'm going to discuss at length how the Attorney General of the United States needs to be impeached as well as so damn many of the rest of them because he's failing to enforce to take care that federal law is enforced when it comes to menacing Supreme Court justices. I explained this early on. Protection of federal judges, including, of course, Supreme Court justices, is the obligation, ultimately, of the United States Department of Justice. It is a federal responsibility. Remember when we talked about Garland in his memo and the parents and school boards that that was fundamentally a state and local law enforcement responsibility. We discussed this at great length. Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice had no constitutional statutory basis of any kind to get involved in school board meetings, whether they're violent or not, and of course they weren't. Now, when it comes to federal officials, whether they be justices, or judges, jurors, or witnesses, or court officers. It is not just primarily, it is the responsibility of federal law enforcement to protect them. And Congress even passed a law United States Code, Title 18, Section 1507, which I've read to you a few times now. Now, unlike federalizing abortion that's not in the Constitution, nor is it in any federal statute, this is actually a federal statute written in black and white for the most incompetent Marxist to understand. However, with the intent of interfering with obstructing or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge juror witness or court officer in the discharge of his duty pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the united states or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge juror witness or court officer or with such intent uses any sound truck or a similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than one year or both. Here's what Chuck Schumer said at a press conference today. Hat tip C-SPAN. Cut 13. Go. Are you comfortable with the protests that we saw outside the homes of Supreme Court justices over the weekend?
4: If protests are peaceful, yes. My house is, there's protests three, four times a week outside my house. Okay.
0: That has nothing to do with Title 18, Section 1507. Now, this clown's supposed to be a lawyer. It has nothing to do with it. He's not a judge, juror, witness, or court officer discharging his duties. He's a politician. That's the difference. He's a politician. There's nothing in here that says that except for peaceful protests... Whoever, with the intent of interfering with obstructing or impeding the administration of justice, or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duty, pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States, or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, and so forth. None of that applies to Chuck Schumer, but it applies the black letter law to these justices. And it is the absolute responsibility and obligation of the United States Department of Justice, with its vast federal law enforcement, with its U.S. attorneys, to ensure that these justices are protected and the people who are at their homes are arrested and prosecuted we're not talking about trespass here as has been a applied to scores of January 6 protesters again i'm not talking about the violent protesters trespassers on Capitol Hill property, parading on Capitol Hill property. This is a federal statute. And we know the purpose is to influence the justices. It's to threaten them and pressure them. Because Nancy Pelosi told us so. Because one Democrat member of Congress after another has told us so. Because one host on CNN and MSNBC after another has told us so. Because their guests have told us so. Because the New York Times and the Washington Post have told us so. Now this is what we're dealing with. The totalitarian mindset of the American Marxist left. And you'll notice that these media personalities these media entertainers if you will say exactly the same thing as the democrats do because they're one and the same they say exactly the same thing as one of the other says the same talking points so chuck schumer is comfortable With his mob, his ready mob, his permanent mob, violating federal law. I want you to listen to this again. Cut 13. Go. Are you comfortable with the protests that we saw outside the homes of Supreme Court justices over the weekend? If protests are peaceful,
4: yes. My house is there's protests three four times a week outside my house. That's the uh, the American way to peacefully protest is okay. And I've been that's
0: my wife. Sorry. Um, Maybe there's a protest outside. But so so as long as oh, it's so funny that Sam Alito and his family have to go into hiding. Oh, it's so funny, ladies and gentlemen. And they're the clapping seals media. They're laughing quite along. Oh, his wife is calling sure she's a beauty go ahead peaceful that's that's okay with me that's okay with him so peaceful is not an element in this statute it's the protest it's the protest that's illegal because the goal of the protest is to interfere with justice. The goal of the protest is to obstruct and impede justice. The goal of the protest is to influence the outcome of Supreme Court cases. That's why they're protesting. That's what they've told us in plain English. And the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, hasn't lifted one of his arthritic fingers in opposition. Not One. They couldn't get that memo out fast enough to trash parents across the country where he had no basis whatsoever, no jurisdiction of any kind. But here he is. Sitting on his arthritic fingers. Refusing to do a damn thing because all of his people are busy prosecuting January 6th paraders and trespassers. What are you going to do about this, Mr. Garland? And where is the FBI director, Mr. Ray? Truly a pathetic public nuisance. Where are you, Mr. Ray? You run the Federal Bureau of Investigation. How come you're not arresting people? Where's the criminal division of the Justice Department? Where's the United States Attorney's offices in these various jurisdictions? Where are they? They're nowhere. That order must come from on high. From Merrick Garland himself, a.k.a. Meritless Garland himself. Doing nothing to protect these justices. Doing nothing to protect their families. This is a disgusting failure to uphold the constitution because article 2 of the constitution compels biden as president and his administration to take care that the laws of the country that the constitution of the country is enforced Regardless of their personal opinions, there's a number of Supreme Court decisions on this, but we don't really need one. The language is clear in Article 2. They have an obligation to take care that the Constitution is upheld and federal law is enforced, whether they like it or not. They don't like the immigration laws, so they're not enforcing them. those are impeachable offenses each and every time it's an impeachable offense another count they agree with the protesters threatening supreme court justices they're not threatening the the activist justices they're threatening the six republicans that's fine by Schumer as long as they're peaceful but the law doesn't say that because their goal it's not a matter of peaceful is to influence the outcome of a court decision. The Democrat Party hates this country. Hates the country. Hates the Constitution. Abuses it to try and advance their cause. Destroys the Constitution in the name of the Constitution. Destroys liberty in the name of liberty. We have a... Clear federal statute here, not one that some left-wing judge in Washington, D.C. has to twist into pretzels in order to throw January 6th peaceful protesters who were parading on the Capitol Hill a lawn into jail. We've got one black and white right here. And they won't do anything. They have fools like Nita Totenberg over at National Public Radio. I remember her when I served in the Department of Justice. She is a left-wing radical hack. In my opinion, she's a fraud. She's a Democrat disguised as a journalist, but aren't they all? She surmises it must be a conservative clerk who leaked the first draft. And the rationale is as sound as the rationale that the that the Russians and the Russia collusion argument worked like hell to get Trump elected president how many times did I say behind this microphone why would they want Trump as president when they get Hillary Clinton who will give them everything they want because they didn't want Trump elected and they didn't help him so the very premise never made any sense well the very premise that a conservative clerk would have leaked this makes no sense. But this of course is what the corrupt media do. They're like Pasaki, who all during her press conference made an ass out of herself as she gets ready to join the other asses at MSNBC. That's right. It's a federal law that prohibits what's taking place in front of these justices' homes for the reason the law says and the department of justice in its entirety has assigned itself to the witness protection program we're living in grave and dire times ladies and gentlemen grave and dire times And Merrick garland meritless garland is a piece of shingles may i say a piece of shingles mr producer I'll be right back. Mud Love Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast L-E-V-I-N-PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. It's here. The counter-revolution to the American Revolution is in full force. It can no longer be dismissed or ignored, for it is devouring our society and culture, swirling around our everyday lives and ubiquitous in our politics, schools, media, and entertainment. Once a mostly unrelatable fringe and subterranean movement, it's here. It's everywhere. You, your children, your grandchildren are now immersed in it. And it threatens to destroy the greatest nation ever established. Along with your freedom, family, and security. Of course, the primary difference between the counter-revolution and the American Revolution is that the former seeks to destroy American society and impose autocratic rule. And the latter sought to protect American society and institute representative government. The counter-revolution or movement of which I speak is Marxism. Now, I've written about Marxism at length in two earlier books, Ameritope and Rediscovering Americanism, and I discuss it regularly here. In America, many Marxists cloak themselves in phrases like progressives, democratic socialists, social activists, community activists, so forth as most Americans remain openly hostile to the name Marxism. They operate under myriad newly minted organizational or identifying nomenclatures such as Black Lives Matter, Antifa, The Squad, etc. They claim to promote economic justice, environmental justice, racial equity, gender equity. They've invented new theories like critical race theory, and phrases and terminologies linked to or fit into a Marxist construct. They claim the dominant culture and capitalist system are unjust and inequitable, racist and sexist, colonialist and imperialist, materialistic and destructive of the environment. Of course, the purpose is to tear down and tear apart the nation for a thousand reasons and in a thousand ways, thereby dispiriting and demoralizing the public, undermining the citizen's confidence in the nation's institutions, traditions, and customs, creating one calamity after another. Weakening the nation from within and ultimately destroying what we know as American republicanism and capitalism. But there should be no mistake that various leaders of this counter-revolution are increasingly outspoken and brazen about who they are, including bands of openly Marxist professors and activists. And they are supported by a core group of zombie-like woke followers. Whatever their labels and self-descriptions, the essential characteristics of their beliefs Statements and politics exhibit core Marxist dogma. Moreover, they occupy our colleges and universities, newsrooms and social media, boardrooms and entertainment, and their ideas are prominent within the Democratic Party, the Oval Office, and the halls of Congress. Their influence is seen and felt among the mostly witting as well as the unsuspecting, and in news reporting, movies, television shows and commercials, publishing and sports as well as teacher training and classroom curriculum throughout America's public school system. They use the tactics of propaganda and indoctrination, and they demand conformity and compliance, silencing contrary voices through repressive tactics, such as the cancel culture, which destroys reputations and careers, censoring and banning mostly patriotic and contrary viewpoints on social media, even including former President Trump and attacking academic freedom and intellectual exchange in higher education. And it goes on. The first chapter of American Marxism, the title, It's Here. It is here. And the political entity through which they operate is the Democrat Party. I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the Ministry of Truth, The Mark Levin Show. Call in now 877 381 3811. You know, it's funny. Things I want people to regurgitate in the media, they won't regurgitate. Things I don't want them to repeat, they outright steal. It is hilarious. We watch this here as people send me information. Let me try this one. Meritless Garland. Remember who was nominated to be an Associate Justice of the Supreme Court of America? If he had gotten that position... Did he appreciate the fact that the Attorney General of the United States doesn't lift an arthritic finger to defend the justices then? Now of course, conservatives, those who are pro life, they're not even today marching on the homes of the pro abortion justices. They weren't marching on the homes of the pro abortion justices for the last half century. Nobody's bringing this up. They haven't marched on the homes of Supreme Court justices who supported Roe v. Wade and Casey. Not once. Never. And yet, according to Chuck Schumer, they had every right to. According to Nancy Pelosi, they had every right to. But you know they would not support that. And you know they'd be enforcing this federal statute against such protests because their purpose is, as Pelosi and others said, to influence the outcome of this decision. We played that clip yesterday, I'm not going to go back, just recall it. Meritless Garland was desiring to be on the U.S. Supreme Court, he was on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Nobody ever protested at his home. There's a thousand federal judges give or take in this country. Is it okay to protest at their homes anytime you have a disagreement with their ruling on immigration? Is that okay? Is it okay to protest at their homes anytime you disagree with one of their rulings when it comes to the EPA? Private property rights, is that okay? Should we start organizing groups all over the country with dark money? With millionaires and billionaires fueling these groups? Offering to subsidize their transportation to the home of a federal judge, a federal district judge, a federal appellate judge, or or some of the activist Supreme Court justices, is that okay? In violation of federal law? What do you say about that Department of Injustice? What do you say that Federal Bureau of Instigation? What do you say about that Schmuck Schumer? Nancy, Eva, Stretch, Pelosi? Joe, ultra dimwitted Biden? What do you guys say? Is that okay? How about there at the Stalin loving, Hitler loving, Castro loving New York Times? How about the Washington Compost? Is that okay? All of these institutions are inciting violence. And somebody might get hurt. Shocking. Shocking. Just unbelievable. Well... Any irregular callers, Mr. Producer? I'm getting complaints. I'm not taking enough callers. So let's take a few. All right, give me a regular caller. I, Mike in Reading, Pennsylvania, XM Satellite. Go right ahead, sir.
3: Well, at the risk of unleashing a famous Levin rant, i uh, got a question for you. The, yes, sir. The federal statute you're asking... The federal statute you're asking Garland to enforce, if it were to be challenged, why would that not be unconstitutional? I
0: don't recall because you're you're not allowed to obstruct justice. In other words, the purpose isn't just to protest. You can protest Congress, elected officials, and so forth. But if your purpose is to influence a decision. And you can see the whole setup here with the leak of the draft, with Nancy Pelosi saying, encouraging people to go to their homes. The goal here is to influence, to frighten the justices. And you can see where this would unravel into some kind of a third world nation if that were the case. So the First Amendment does not permit people to essentially threaten or intimidate jurors witnesses judges justices of the Supreme Court that's the reason
3: well that's an interpretation
0: well everything is an interpretation
3: well let's what are you talking the about in there uh, we, we the wording should be you have the right to assemble except to intimidate or something uh, no, i'm just...
0: you don't have to amend the united states constitution to say uh what the statute says the statute's clear that you're not allowed to intimidate interfering with obstructing or impeding the administration of justice yeah. otherwise we'd have absolute chaos and anarchy or the intent of influencing any judge, juror, or witness. That's exactly what Pelosi said their intention is, to get them to change the nature of the opinion, to make it weaker. That's the First true, Amendment says you have the right to free speech. It doesn't say you have the right to intimidate judges. In other words, you can speak to me now. You can even speak to a government official. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're protesting an official at their home, picketing or parading... At their home, that's what it says. For the purpose of interfering with their ability to discharge their duty, that's illegal.
3: That's not an exception to my right, as I read it in the Constitution. Yes, it
0: is an exception to your right. Okay. I I just... So if you go up to an FBI agent and say, you better not arrest that guy over there, you better not arrest that guy over there, You better, in fact, turn around and leave, or else that's free speech? That's sure. All right, you're a nut. Thanks for your call. No, it's not free speech. We've got laws all over the place interfering with law enforcement and their duties and so forth and so on, because that's not really about exercising free speech. The goal there is to intimidate an FBI agent or to threaten them or to intimidate a judge or to threaten them. That's the problem. Next caller, Mr. Producer. The great WMAL, Susan Gaithersburg, Maryland. Go right ahead. Hi,
5: good uh, good av- afternoon, evening. Good evening yes. um, Mark, I just want to let you I want to let you know that I am a college educated woman. I'm a mother of of uh, three children and I have been pro-choice ever since that ruling came down in 73, 72 or 73. Now having said that, and I think I have very good reasons for the uh, why I believe the way I do. But I think what's happening now with protesting outside these justices' houses is appalling. Mm-hmm. I, I'm embarrassed um, uh, for being a a person who has you. very sound reasons for being pro-choice. And, and if it goes the way the preliminary uh, ruling that's been released, which I also think is horrible that they leaked that information... If it goes that way, I will be disappointed, and I will not agree with it. And I will probably donate some money to sane people that are going to try to move legislation to restore that issue back to women. But I don't believe this is the way you go. And I tell people, people who know me know I'm very pro-choice. And uh, I tell people now what you have to do is you have to look at this as – Pro Constitution, you're right. There is nothing in the Constitution that guarantees a woman's right to abortion. Just like I couldn't find anything that guarantees gay marriage. But the point oh, is, oh yes, re- you
0: can.
1: Hey, okay, well, I at don't. Least kn-
0: theoret- at least theoretically, the Equal Protection Clause. It doesn't guarantee it, but at least there's a a a a a, a fig leaf that can be used. But the problem, you see, is if we go that way with equal protection, then equal protection applies to the baby, certainly at the point of uh, where the baby can can live. So the science tells us it's earlier and earlier. So people who keep saying let's use the equal protection clause to protect women, they don't understand. There's two human beings here. So if we're going to use the equal protection clause, it's fine by me, the other human being has rights too, even though they can't speak, even though they can't vote, even though they have no lobby, even though though nobody's yelling at the top of their lungs in Congress on their behalf. And by the way, just so you know, I'm sure there are many listeners who want me to duke it out with you on abortion and to really let you have it, but I'm not going to do that, because that's not the purpose of your call. The purpose of your call is a rational point, which is, hey, look, I don't agree with this, but let's not burn down the damn Supreme Court. Correct? Exactly. And and I
5: will also leave you with this thought. I've often, you know, when I ponder this issue and having had three children, of course, you know, I've experienced childbirth and raising kids. But I really do think that if we allow this preliminary ruling to stand. I think if we become a country where we tell women when they can't have an abortion, we're one step away from China, where they had their one child policy and force you to have them.
0: And I I, I find that to be silly. As a matter of fact, can you tell me, would any woman in this country be denied an abortion who wants one? And how is that even possible? (laughs)
5: Well, no, that's why I told you that I've... I've Okay, so hold
0: on. Number one. Number two. If people want a decision from the Supreme Court, this is a very, very modest decision. You asked, so I'm going to get into it a little bit. Roe versus Wade isn't even applicable anymore. There is no third trimester issue or anything of the sort. We have states, maybe even your state of Maryland, that allows abortion up to one minute before birth when that baby is viable. Let me ask you a question. I've seen a lot of shows on TV, on different educational channels, and so forth over the course of my life that shows birthing. Do you think we ought to have maybe one show once that shows partial birth abortion and what that looks like? And if we did, do you think that would change the views of a lot of people, ma'am?
5: Well, number one, You'd you think
0: draining be- the brain out of a baby's head and then crushing its skull if you turn it around in the womb and then pull it out by the feet, do you think that would leave an impression with people? Well, the, those
5: films are already on YouTube. And I didn't ask
0: about YouTube. Why isn't it on PBS? Why isn't it on the Discovery Channel?
5: Because they won't touch the issue, and I agree with you. I
0: absolutely right, I gotta agree run. You know, with you. I actually very much enjoy speaking with you, but I got to run. I'm over my break. We'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost. The average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Podcast L-E-V-I-N-PODCAST, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. If Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi think it's okay to protest at the homes of judges in order to influence the outcome of a case, as long as you're not violent, apparently can be allowed as possible, uh, apparently that's the new standard. Now, if your parents at a school board meeting, apparently that's not the new standard. That's why I'm hoping we all rise up, all red-blooded Americans, regardless of your background, your faith, your skin color, even regardless of party, and throw these bastards out. That's enough. that they're destroying our country. They're absolutely insane and irrational. That is enough. And the idea, if they don't get their way... Uh, then uh, everybody's a racist or we have to abuse the law or we won't even enforce the law. That is enough. So you should be at this point boiling over with fury and make sure you focus that where it ought to be focused. As politically active as you possibly can be even though you may not like it even though it might be distasteful to you that's enough already. We don't have to put up with this crap. And I for one am not. I wanna thank my buddy Brent Dozell in the Media Research Center. This this, This is a man, Brent, who really does represent the best of the best of a citizen, who's been fighting decade after decade for liberty and to save and preserve the First Amendment and free speech. And his wonderful media research organization They've come out with a new award, the Bulldog Awards, to counter the Pulitzer Prizes, and they gave out six awards for different categories. I received the inaugural Talk Radio Award. My buddy Bongino, the the inaugural Podcast Award. So I wanna I want to thank you guys a ton. I much much appreciate it. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. Constitution authorizes two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver. But our government abandoned gold and silver over 50 years ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have skyrocketed over the last year amid growing political and economic uncertainty. Experts say precious metal prices are headed much higher in the months and years ahead. So to help protect my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer. Silver walking Liberty Half Dollars at the amazingly low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right. $12.50 by calling now. 800-630-1492. 800-630-1492. Silver walking Liberty Half Dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. 800-630-1492. 800 Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We have Senator Rick Scott with us, Republican Florida. Senator Scott, um, more people are going to hear you now than hear Pasaki every time she speaks. But they're trying, you know how they do it, they're trying to make sort of character assassination and then... There's the target, there's the target, and today you're the target. So I wanted to ask you a question. What exactly are they so historical about about what you proposed? I honestly mean, what did you propose that all of a sudden you want massive increase in taxes on the middle class?
4: So it was really controversial. I said, you know what, we all ought to get back to work, right? And we all ought to be part of this capitalistic system. Uh, So here's what I believe. I believe that if you're able-bodied, we ought to get you back to work. I did it as governor. My whole slogan in 2010 and when I ran was, let's get to work. And so then we all participate in this. In this. But think about where we are, the Biden agenda. I mean, this guy, I mean, first off, how do he look today? He didn't even know what state I was from, right? No. He didn't know what his, state I was from. And it was an agenda. He had a press conference about what he was going to do about inflation. He had no plan. He just blamed people. So here's where we are. Eight and a half percent inflation, highest in 40 years. We've got our wages growing slower than inflation. We've got gas prices the highest ever in the history of the country. We've got our GDP dropping. We've got mortgage rates going up. We've got consumer, consumer confidence way down. And this guy wants to blame everything on everybody else. He, oh, by the way, he wants to say he's the guy that wants to reduce taxes. So no, think about what this guy's done. When he got to the Senate, all he's done is raise taxes and raise the federal debt. When he came, came to D.C., the federal debt was under a trillion. It's $30 trillion, and his plan is to $45 trillion. He's confused. You know what? I'm a business guy. If he was in business, you know what we'd ask him to do? He said, Joe, you need to resign. This isn't working out for you. You don't know how to do this. And he doesn't. He needs to resign. That way, we can get somebody in there that maybe will start listening and fix this problem.
0: But Senator, did you did you because uh, I don't disagree. Did you propose that everybody ought to pay some level of taxation? Is that what you proposed? What
4: I what I said is what I said is we all are being this together. We all are asking in the game, which means get to work. Go to go to my. So what uh, is wrong with that? It's risk- no, there's nothing wrong with it. It's what my mom said. I grew up in to a, with, a, I was born to a single mom who lived in public housing. She said, Rick, get to work. You've got to go be part of this. You can be anything because you grew up in this country, but you got you got to have a job. So go get a job. We started working. I tell people, go look at my plan. It's really controversial. It's, it's at rescueamerica.com. It says, you know what? Let's teach our kids that this is the greatest country ever. Let's quit asking for their skin color. Let's have a secure border, secure elections. Let's stop growing the federal government. I mean, Mark, do you realize in the last 20 years, our national population is up 16 percent? I think our budget is up almost 300 percent. Yeah, that's crazy. they bankrupting us. Mm-hmm. So I want people give me your ideas, but we gotta, we've got to fix this country. We're in trouble.
0: And by the way, uh, inflation, the massive increase in the cost of food and the cost of uh, energy, which means in the cost of everything. Uh, cars, Everything uh, housing. Uh, okay, that affects low income, middle income people more than anybody else. That's the Biden tax, and if I were you, that's what, what I'd I say. More. It's the Biden yeah. tax. You know what he wants. It's a hidden tax. It's an. They, I think they
4: put out that it's five thousand five. Thousand dollar inflation tax per family in this country. You know, if you're rich, that doesn't mean a hell of beans to you. You can waste that any way you want. It could take a trip, right? But if you're like my family growing up, I mean, that's devastating. You know what Biden wants? He wants everybody on some government program. I want everybody back to work. It's as simple as that. I don't believe that we want we want we want safety nets but not permanent nets. We don't want you to be on some government program the rest of your life. How's that good for you? How's it good for our country?
0: Mm -hmm. So I would call this maybe the Biden inflation tax. So, I mean, now he's got all kinds of the ultra MAGA agenda. The hell does that mean? I don't know what that means. He just comes up with name. He comes up and it's just he's
4: completely confused or he's completely lying. But what we know is he can't do the job. I mean, if we Mm -hmm. want to fix inflation... He's got to get out of office. Every month he's been in office. Inflation has been going up. We're going to get inflation numbers again tomorrow. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be dropping much. I mean, look at inside. I mean, look at gas prices are up. Home prices are up. I mean, you can't get formula for your kids. I mean, mm-hmm. I, a, a lady I work with spent all day Sunday driving all around this area. I'm in D.C. right now. He's driving all around D.C. trying to find formula for a baby.
0: It's unbelievable.
4: Not Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, came and testified last week about the supply chain. No idea. Armando's the head of commerce. I said, what are you doing about inflation? Well, that's the Federal Reserve's job. What is I mean, you're you're Secretary of Commerce.
0: By, by the your way, you're, you're used to being a governor, an executive, getting things done. You're used to being a CEO, an executive, getting things done. Now you see how Washington works, right? And now... Oh. I'm not trying to get you in any trouble now you see how the Republican Party works you know where the Democrats get behind their guy the Republican I didn't agree to that i I'm not saying no that's him that's not me isn't it weird
4: well I, first off I want to have a pl- I want to get something done I came up here to get something done you, know you, you want a platform
0: done? for them to run on and they what? don't want one and- for, you know, it doesn't make sense is,
4: is if you're a business guy, what do you do? You write a business plan, you build a management team, you execute it. If you're the governor, when I was when I ran in tent, I had a seven-step plan to turn the economy of Florida around. We had lost more people in 2010 than moved into Florida. I mean, it's hard to believe that happened. 800,000 mm-hmm. jobs lost in four years. Home prices down 50%. I had a plan. You know, I won. People said, I don't know about the guy. I don't know him, but he's got a plan. Let's go try his plan. And it worked. We added 1.7 million jobs. That's what we need. we got to have. So when we get a majority, Mark, I think we're going to get a majority, both in the House and Senate. But guess what? What are we going to do if we don't have a plan then we're going to, well, I don't know about that. No, let's right. write down. It doesn't have to be my ideas, but let's go fight over ideas. And you've said and that say, over and over again. What?
0: This is just yeah. some proposals. Let's it's, duke it out that you've said it. you were on my show a month ago. You said exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah, right. I got it. Let's go. Who's
4: got the best ideas? I mean, what yeah. do you do in business? You come up, but you don't have your own ideas. You look at, well, what's everybody else doing? Oh, that's a the good problem, idea. I'll grab Senator. that one. Grab this one.
0: The problem is, some people are afraid to even mention ideas. They just think we're going to coast into some kind of victory. Well, you need to have a mandate. You need to tell the American people what you Absolutely. want to do, and you but shouldn't be you afraid did. of it. What? Yep. That's what Reagan, Reagan did.
4: did in '94. Yeah, Reagan, the same thing. Look at what these guys did. They say, this is what we're going to do. And guess what? When they won, they went and worked every day to make that happen. That's what I did as governor. Mm -hmm. That's what you do in business. We've got to do that up here. We've got to have a plan. Because when we win, we can't start saying, well, now what are we going to do? And then the other thing, people say, well, I'm really worried if we have that vote. No, we have to go take votes and, and come up with the best ideas, have amendments. Let's fight over this stuff. When, you know, when you're the governor, every bill that comes to my desk, I either have to vote yes or no. When you're in business, you have to make decisions yes or no all day. We need to be doing that up here. We need to be taking votes and fighting over policy. That's what we ought to be doing up here and make this a better country.
0: The other side doesn't seem to worry about that. They tell you where they stand. And they tell you where the other side stands. And we need to do more of that. And I do notice in the House they're trying to do that. McCarthy's trying to do it. He's working with Newt. You're trying to do it in the Senate. You're coming up with some resistance. Biden doesn't want you doing this, which is why he's kind of targeting you. But, again, it's the Biden inflation tax. Everybody feels that he has to stop pointing fingers at everybody else. And you're right. Even though the media jump in and and attack you, you are right. Biden is not mentally fit to be President of the United States. Not mentally fit. It's exactly what the 25th Amendment is for, period. Yeah, I mean, he
4: doesn't, I mean, think, think about it. I mean, look at what he's done. Look at what he's done with inflation. Look at what he's done with the border. Look at what he's done with our energy independence. Look at what he's done with Afghanistan. I mean, and we, I mean, look, in Florida, I talk to people all the time. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, you look at this guy and say, come on. Mm -hmm. This guy shouldn't be our president. I mean, Mm -hmm. he doesn't have the ability to do this. I mean, what's he done that's worked?
0: Nothing. Mm -hmm. No, and you can't lead a nation when you can't complete your sentences. Well, Senator, hang in there. Um, I'm going to. All right. You're the the target. You're the the flavor this week. All right. Talk to you next time. God bless you, sir. All right. When we come back. the famous Tyrus. You probably don't know a lot about him. I didn't until I poked into this book. We'll be right back.
1: Mark in.
0: You know, when I was a kid growing up in Philadelphia, every now and then we'd go to the Philadelphia arena, where they'd have the pro wrestlers. And I would watch Bruno San Martino and Tora Tanaka and a guy named Sam Rubin, who was my mother's cousin, and he became a common police court judge. But I don't think any wrestlers made it like Tyrus. When you go by a first name, Tyrus, that's a big deal. And I've never met Tyrus. Tyrus, how are you, sir?
6: I am great, an honor and a pleasure. I'm a big fan, sir. I uh, rely on you for a lot of common sense. And... Uh, Cutting through the BSWC today, so it is a real honor to be here.
0: Well, it is my honor, and I want to tell you something. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You're a remarkable man. I went through your book here. You are a remarkable man. You're not only a tremendous physical specimen, and by that I mean an athlete, but you're like the common man's intellectual. When I hear you on Gutfeld Show or The Five or wherever you are, I go, wow, that's pretty damn sharp. You just bring a lot of common sense and intelligence to a lot of issues, so let's get into this. The book is called "Just Tyrus: A Memoir." You can get it on Amazon.com, any major bookstore, and I'm telling you, it's worth the read. Tell everybody how you were brought up, right away.
6: Uh, Well, I came out, uh, I came out in the world fighting. Basically, Uh, I don't. I I leave the part of the book, but. I was too big to, for my mother. My mother was about 90 pounds soaking wet, and she was about 15 and a half when she was having me, and they had to use oh. the forceps. Now, anyone who knows uh, what the forceps are, and they had a them right. on my head, so when they pulled me out. I came out in the world with a black eye, so I knew I, I was in for a fight, uh, just off <laughs> jump. But, um, you know, and then it just kind of, uh, my mother was, uh, she was a white woman. She was a 15-year-old runaway. And uh, she, unfortunately, linked up with a a 19-year-old brother, and it was uh, considered statutory rape in Massachusetts, all along with um, interracial marriages were illegal at the time in the 70s. I think they eventually fixed the law in, like, 86 or something like that. So he had to—him and his family had to uh, basically whisk her away to New Hampshire, Exeter, New Hampshire— where I was born where he wouldn't be arrested in the hospital, um, which for not just, uh, you know, for statutory rape. And uh, she stayed there for a while and then they moved back. And then shortly after that, um, the abuse, I believe the abuse started. It was kind of sudden. It just kind of happened overnight. Um, My father, my biological father was obsessed with um, my mother cheating on him, uh, which was hilarious because he was the one who was doing the cheating. But He uh, physically abused her probably every time he went out to the bar, he would come home paranoid, weird, uh, drugs had got the best of him, although that's not an excuse for bad behavior. And he just kind of grew into a monster. And it was, uh, my brother was born shortly after that. And um, my mother was just terrified all the time. So I was always, my role was always trying to make her laugh or try to be happy. And then uh, one particular night, uh it, things went just a little too far than normal he wanted her to braid his hair and my mother was terrified because uh for imagery just think of uh, the color purple if you've ever seen that movie when she had to shave mm-hmm. mister it was that kind of fear if she nicks him, pulls his hair uh she's she's going to be on the wrong end of a back end for sure and typically during the time when he would come home or he would raise his voice my i would go run hide under my bed and i would spend a lot of time under in some cases. I would wet myself instead of get up and go to the bathroom because I was just so afraid of him. Uh, and I want to get, you know. so, but this particular night, she was braiding his hair. And earlier that day I had watched, I think it was Starsky and Hutch, where uh, a bad guy stabbed somebody and they just got stabbed in the back and they just died. It was over, it was like uh, very quick. And so I had made up my mind that next time that he had, was gonna beat my mother, I was gonna do that to him and then he wouldn't hurt us anymore. But uh, and sure enough, you could set a watch to it. She was doing his hair. I think she used too much Vaseline, and he flipped out on her. He started hitting her. I came running out of the the bedroom with the knife. I think I was about four years old, and I attempted to stab him. Uh, unfortunately, at that point, I was not familiar with how Hollywood worked, or TV, or stunts, or the fact that uh, it it's quite an act to stab somebody. And uh, all it really did was. Kiss him off and uh, then he then turned the abuse towards me because at that point he was convinced in his superior intellect that there was no way I could be his son if I was to attack him with a knife so uh, he held me out of the he was basically going to throw me out of a second story window and my mother was able to talk him down and it was amazing she took years of abuse from the man but once he turned it on me uh, that's what triggered her enough to get out and um, she then Reached out to her family, who she'd been estranged from for years, uh, and they basically one night was sleeping, and I typically slept under the bed at night. Uh, I, I would start out in the bed, I get tucked in in the bed, but I would work my way under the bed because that was just my uh, safe place. And uh, I just remember seeing the door kids kicked in, and I'm assuming it's just dear old dad with no one of his benders, and there's a pair of work boots. And it smelled like a cigar and a couple of guys and a bat. And they reached through. They pulled me out from under the bed and get whisked away out the house. And it happened really quick. I still remember it vividly. And then I ended up in a a house in um, Lynn, Massachusetts. And that's when I met my uh, grandmother and grandfather for the first time. They had uh, rescued my mother, myself, and my brother from uh, my father. And then uh, we had about three days of just kind of Catching our breaths and getting to know everybody, and then that's when uh, reality hit. Basically, my grandfather uh, gave my mother an opportunity. He gave her an opportunity. He said you can go back to school, get your life together, nursing degree, teaching degree, something. But uh, we're not raising your kids, and they can't live here. I just uh, he was not comfortable with having black children in his household, especially the only experience he had with black people was of my father. So he's obviously mm-hmm. going to be jaded and. I was uh, present for that conversation, didn't quite understand it. My mother's only demand was um, that we need and my brother stay together. Uh-huh. And the way the system works, social services is like, we can't guarantee that. So my grandfather actually went out and found uh, a family to take us in so we could stay together. So um, looking back on it, you know, the, the obvious thing you want to say, oh, what kind of a mother would would do that? But uh and I talk about it a lot in the book, as a child, you don't understand, but as an adult and as a parent now, sometimes the hardest decisions, uh, it's not always about love. It's sometimes you have to make heartbreaking decisions so you're able to take care of yourself or you're able to make things better. A lot of times you say, oh, we're staying together, we're staying together and no one improves and no one gets better because you're just stuck. So, um, But it took me a long time to get that way. So it was, it was a rough upbringing, but...
0: Well, I want to take us from there and get you to where we are today because it's fascinating if you'll stay with me. The book is called Just Tyrus, a memoir. It is a fantastic book. Uh, This guy, this giant, he's also a giant intellect as far as I'm concerned when you watch him on television. Very fascinating man. We'll be right back. The Establishment's
4: Worst Nightmare, Mark Levin. Call in now, 877-381-3811.
0: The book is Just Tyrus, a memoir. You go to Amazon.com right now, you'll get it tomorrow, any major bookstore. And as this radio show airs, it moves from the East Coast to the West Coast throughout the evening. And I hope we'll see this book really move to the top of the list, because I'm not going to be able to get to all of it. You've heard the beginning. Now I'm going to jump to towards the end, uh, and if you want to read all about the middle, you know he's a, he's a, uh, a bodyguard, a security guard for Snoop Dogg. He's uh, he's a fantastic professional wrestler and so forth, and a lot more than that. But I want to ask you a question, Tyrus. How did you get into Fox? It was uh, was it Greg, or am I, I misunderstand this?
6: No. Um... Greg, actually, uh, we met on the internet, of all things. Uh, he was uh, somebody, somebody I, I watched Red Eye, that's you know, usually I caught when I got to my hotel room, so I was familiar with who Greg was. Um, and um, I kind of hopped around politically on, on why well, I never really watched one specific thing. I just kind of flipped through channels, just being on the road so much. But, um, you know, uh, I made a slight crack at a joke at something that I was tagged in. Him and I were tagged in something. I don't know how it even happened, actually. But I made a joke, and uh, Gutfeld messaged me and said, Hey, that was pretty funny. Would you be interested in coming on the show? And I thought at first maybe he was just full of it or it was something where they're going to try to bring a wrestler onto a talk show and try to make him look dumb. And I was like, well, they picked the wrong one for that. Uh, right. So I had have- I had my guard up a little bit, but, uh, he, we came on, we did the, I did the, my first story with him was the Ariel Grande donut stealing story. That, that red hot, uh, <laughs> news mountain, you know, but I yeah. made some good jokes and, uh, he had said, Hey, you know, if you lived in New York, I'd bring you back and make your co host And I said, yeah, I'm not moving to New York anytime soon. Uh, and so he said, what about once a month? I said, well, that'd be great. So I started coming once a month and then, uh, we ended up having uh, the George. It was right before the George Floyd incident happened. Uh, you know, I think it was Sterling in Louisiana, but the whole police brutality thing was coming up, and that that narrative being pushed that that um, brothers like myself were attacked by police officers and murdered every day, and just the, the crazy stuff. And it was the beginning of uh, Black Lives Matters, and, and he asked me to uh, speak on it, and I was a little apprehensive at first because I've been on. Both sides of it, I've had. Unfortunately, had the um, uh-huh. to deal with some bad apples, but I've also dealt with ninety uh, percent of the time really, really good men and women who wear the badge. And you know, so I was a little worried about you know saying my piece, but I finally just did a little research, said what I said, and at some point during the thing, I basically said it's about compliance and uh, resisting arrest. It doesn't make you Rosa Parks; it makes you a criminal, and. It turned into, it went viral. It was like one of the biggest, uh, seg- it was the biggest segment on like Gutfeld, but it was, like, uh, it was it, uh, trending or whatever the hell you want to go viral, whatever you want to call it. And after that, uh, you know, Fox basically and Greg said, we need you here full time and, they, you know, uh, whatever you make making wrestling, we'll match it. And so, and they said, we'll make it ex- on exclusive so you can still do the things you like to do on top of that. And so it was a really good situation for me. And um, you know, one of the nice things about being at Fox is they've never asked me to pull any punches because I don't always agree with everybody. I don't always agree mm-hmm. with, I'm a, but I'm i I'm a I'm a person first. So if I don't mm-hmm. think it works for me, I'm going to stop it. And um, so it just kind of it just grew and just kept growing and growing. And then uh, you know, but Greg has been uh, he's like almost like a player coach in the sense that he uh, constantly like you know do more shows, keep doing stuff, keep doing new thing, And then even with writing this book, I felt was like, go ahead and do it. And I wanted to do it myself and not have a, a ghost writer and all that other stuff. But I got a great writing coach and uh, Chris mm-hmm. Epping that worked with me. He told me the first week my book came out, I'd be a New York times bestseller. I'd have laughed at you. You know, my goal was mm-hmm. just to crack like top 500, you know, Hey, good job. You know, not bad for your first, uh, your first book, but uh, it's been an amazing ride. And like I said, now, you know, I've, uh, I'm with Fox so much now. is like wrestling has become something I do just kind of see my buddies and uh, the NWA and Billy Corgan have been really cool about, you know, letting me have a really good schedule that works with Fox and everything. So I'm really just, just loving life right now.
0: But you're rare. In other words, you, you, sp- you, you spend your time making your living mostly with your body. Hello? Now you're spending time making your living with your mind. we lose him let's call him back we're gonna call you back all right let's hang up and call him back Uh, we have problems with this phone system folks we're gonna get him back mr. producer all right What I want to ask him is he spent a great deal of his life making a living with his body it's a big strong you know athlete and now he mostly makes it with his mind Most people don't get to do both those things, do they? I don't think so. The book is just Tyrus, a memoir. I want to encourage you to get it at Amazon.com. He's fascinating. Tyrus, I'm sorry. That's on our end. I was just saying, you know, it's rare for a person to make a living with their body and then make a living with their mind. Because when you're on these different shows and so forth, people want to hear what you have to say. They're not 100% sure what you're going to say. But it's always rational. It's always very very incisive. For me, it's always very incisive. You know, they'll go through the group, and I'm saying, I wonder what he has to say. Don't you find that kind of cool?
6: Yeah, I mean, and I I don't really have a formula other than I'm a film study guy. I have to know what everybody's saying. So one of the secrets is I watch everybody, especially watch people I disagree with. I find that uh, a lot of times, when hearing the other side, even some of the extreme stuff, which is just nuts, you kind of get you try you get a good idea of where they're coming from and where you know it's and get to the root of the problem. So it's easy to relax and discuss. Plus, my role on Gutfeld is I'm the anchor. So I might have a really good thought all day, like man, I'm going to say this about inflation. Like I'm, I've got it. Well, there's four other people speaking before me. <laughs> and there's a chance, that they're going to have that same idea at some point and it happens. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, uh, you can't say, well, oh, I was going to say that or, mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh, I agree. You got to have something else. So I always try to have that something else. Cause I figure if, cause I do film study the same as I did with wrestling football is I'll probably do on an average day for me to get ready for a show. I'll probably do like two hours of film study. And then it's all gradual all through the week. Like I'm constantly watching everything. You know, I drive, uh, when i'm home i'm always uh i'll take out like i'll be like oh let's see what uh you know uh let's see what uh geraldo's talking about on the five pounds Just figure out on mm-hmm. i'll stick to him and uh, you know even though sometimes i'm like where is that coming from but that's how you i formulate an opinion and then i you know rely on my own and i take my personal experience and see where i'm at with it and it's uh, it's not as complicated as the common sense is basically a combination of life experience and using a little bit of wisdom if it's not yours uh, something that's been passed down to you, and you you pass it along. I mean, it's not it's not rocket surgery, but it, it seems it seems to work for me.
0: You know, a lot of guys who come up in your background with the difficulties you faced, and you really had to earn every damn thing you got. A lot of people like that are hostile to the system. I don't care what the race is; they're hostile to the system, and a few of them come out no it's the system that kind of helped me do what i'm going to do or do what i wanted to do so how did you wind up sort of on the latter side
6: i think i've always always does that make sense uh, yeah no yeah i get it so we're like i've always at a very young age i was exposed to uh, accountability and responsibility Um, the brief time i spent with uh what i describe as my foster family the the my foster father, he worked two jobs. Uh, he drove for Coca Cola. He was the man. He was a Navy man, and on the weekends he cut hair at a barbershop. And he worked and worked. And I never, the entire time, and I followed him around like a lost puppy. I mean, everywhere he went, I went. But I never ever saw him ever say it was somebody else's fault. If if something didn't go his way, he was oh man, I got to be better. If he got you know, he'll say, I can't believe I allowed myself to get upset at work today. I could have got more things done instead of you know, complaining about my boss. And, that, and that, some, those things just kind of stick in your head. So whenever I look at a situation that doesn't work out, especially if you're crazy enough to want to be in athletics and entertainment, here's the deal. You're going to get fired. It's, it's, gonna, it's what happens. Mm-hmm. An athlete, somebody takes your spot in entertainment. You get old and stale, and somebody takes your spot. It's not very, a very slug few get to retire. And even a lot of times, those retirements are forced. You know, they allow them to go out on their, their shield. So you can stay focused on the firing, or when things happen, I take into account what I could have done better, what I didn't do better, and what I can move to use on. And that has served me really well. So, um, and I'll see guys who get kind of, I call it the golden ticket. Oh, the system screwed me over. Oh, my boss didn't like me or this or I was just too edgy. They always have an excuse. But once you start getting stuck in excuses, you can't grow and move on because Mm -hmm. you just kind of wallow in. And then you have your ticket, especially, you know, when you talk about the system did me wrong and did me dirty. Well, then the system is just like it's the same thing we see with like, well, they create fixable, adjustable problems that aren't real. You know, because then they, you can never, you can never argue with somebody who controls the the problem because they'll just morph it and change it. The ignorant can connect to anything. So when you see guys do that, it just frustrates me. It drives me crazy. If it's my fault and it's on me, I can fix it. If it's on you, if you know this, uh, you didn't ask me a question I wanted you to ask me and I I was upset about the interview, I can blame you all day, but that's Mm -hmm. not going to fix anything you know what, I could have brought it up, or you know what, I could have emailed ahead of time. It sounds, again, this ain't, This ain't. I'm not doing algebra here. It's just accountability, and football had a lot to do with that. I had great offensive line coaches, and at the end of the day, you miss a block, you can blame it on the guy next to you, but the film don't lie.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you're fantastic. I really enjoyed the discussion. I hope to meet you one day. I want to wish you continued success. I want my audience Go out and get just Tyrus, a memoir. You can go to Amazon.com right now. You can get it tomorrow or any major bookstore if you happen to be out. But it really is a fantastic book, and you're really terrific. I appreciate it, Tyrus.
6: Oh, thank you so much, sir. And one day I'm going to be in that leather-bound Reagan room.
0: (laughs) Very good. God bless you. Take care of yourself. What a nice guy and smart as hell. I'm telling you smart as hell i know people i watch them this guy's genuinely intuitively smart as hell and uh and he's lived he's lived a tough life but he uh you hear aspirational motivated positive very cool i'll be right back mark
1: lovin
0: Well, it looks like Russia and Putin are still having some problems now on the eastern front. You've got a, a steel mill, which also doubles for sort of a nuclear bomb shelter. And there's still a 100 citizens in there. But there are Ukrainian Marines trained by United States Marines in the past. And they are fighting to the death. And they are not prepared to give up this is their Alamo that's how it'll be remembered now we still have the putinoids with their hemorrhoids spewing stupidities in the media newspapers tv radio every time putin or one of his surrogates threatens nuclear war what next china threatens nuclear war so they can have Taiwan North Korea threatens nuclear war so they can have South Korea Iran threatens nuclear war so Israel has to surrender is this how this works when will these people ever tell us exactly what their foreign policy is America first America first no excuse me I'm for America first those of us who who believe that you got to stand up to these tyrants So war doesn't spread to other parts of the world and draw us in. We don't have a single infantryman in Ukraine. We don't have a single pilot in Ukraine. We don't have a single Marine in Ukraine. And yet, somehow, we're the provocateurs. No, the problem is, the Russians aren't fighting well. The problem is, their equipment is mostly antiquated. The problem for them is... American industrial mind and creativity called capitalism has outperformed their system The problem is the NATO alliance is working That is things are going as they should be when you have a Military machine headed by a monster doing what he's doing Why do I think these Putinoids with their hemorrhoids? Are rooting against the United States forget about Biden at least for the moment never seen anything like this I did a show on Sunday on the New York Times many of you watched it many of you probably couldn't because of Mother's Day I wish you had it talks about when Stalin slaughtered between 4 to 7 million Ukrainians and how the New York Times spread propaganda in his defense it talks about the Holocaust when the New York Times censored so much of the information that was coming out of Europe as they were slaughtering the Jews. I talked about how the New York Times helped prop up and install Fidel Castro. You don't want to be on the same side as the New York Times was in these issues, and you don't want to be on the same side as our modern Tokyo Roses, the Putanoids with their hemorrhoids. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show for today. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker brothers and sisters, and of course our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Keep kicking the ass out of these bastards who are trying to destroy you. See you tomorrow.